Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. We, maybe we get a lot of information, but the word we're talking about forms us. It's a formation, a word of formation, which I think is very powerful. What's going on, Rudder Nation? This is Jerry from Beyond the Rut, the show that shares encouraging stories and practical advice to help pull you out of your rut and into a life worth living. Now, on this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Robin T. Jennings. He's a retired Episcopal pastor and author, and we're going to talk about a letter to the church that he wrote for the next generation. In fact, his book is called A Letter to the Church and the Next Generation. So we're going to talk about mentorship, spiritual growth, and lessons from the Bible that we can apply to our lives and the importance of mentorship, both in spiritual growth, but also just getting through life. So sit back and relax unless you are throwing darts at a dartboard and there are people walking around, then then don't relax. You got to stay vigilant and make sure you don't get anybody in the eye because that's dangerous. So and other than that, here we go. All right. Hey, Robin, thanks for joining us here this morning, day, afternoon, evening. Whenever somebody's listening to us, that's when we're together because that's how it's going to seem to them. Uh, how are you doing over there in Kentucky? Jerry, doing great. This is the day of the Kentucky Derby, in case you're dating this for your future <laughs> listeners. Well, I'll tell you later who wins. But nice. <laughs> right nice. now, it's, it's an exciting day in, in Louisville. That'll be awesome. Uh, you know, years from now, somebody's actually getting ready to watch the Kentucky Derby. They catch this episode and they're like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> too too early for a mint julep or any of those kind of things. Right. We'll, we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> oh, man. Now, we got introduced through a mutual friend, Eric Nevins. Uh, yes. Now, uh, you listening to the show, you've probably heard me drop that name a number of times. Uh, yes. Eric uh, just had it on his heart many years ago to to start a group of podcasters who are Christian yes. to encourage them to provide some, you know, a community where they could share their, their excitement, their wins, their struggles, and so on uh, with the specific focus of expanding uh, the kingdom in a sense through this medium. And uh, so I've got to know Eric over the years, uh, especially the Very last good. three or four years. And yeah, he connected us and uh, asked if, you know, I thought you'd be a good fit. And I was like, I think you already know the answer. Uh, let's get Robin on the show. And uh, so you've been a pastor uh, for many decades, and <laughs> uh, which means there's a lot of wisdom there that we need to pay attention to. That's the point I'm making, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a lot, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you've, you've also published a book called A Letter to the Church in the Next Generation. And there's some themes I, I thought we could uh, chat about and, uh, and, the the angle that you take with that book is through the eyes or the lessons of James, uh, yes. which we don't always think about. You know, he's got one of the shortest books in the Bible. Uh, yes. It's a few pages long. Uh, it's towards the back. And uh, so if you get that far, you might read about him, might have heard of him. Uh, but just tell folks, like, who is James? Who is this guy? That's a loaded question, Jerry. Right? And I think that's that's part of where people uh, scholars uh, struggle is and, and debate. And long story short, yes, uh, a brother of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay, can we be more specific <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and talk about you know the sibling order? Uh, some would say an older brother. Mm -hmm. Well, how can that be? 
Jerry, with the virgin birth. You know, right. Yeah. Be, right, you get that. So that throws that out right away. And and yet it does appear as if he were older. So then how about a stepbrother? What do you mean a stepbrother? Well, and then here's another theory is Joseph had been married. His wife had died and he had this gaggle of kids when he um, married Mary. Wow. Yeah. So there along comes <laughs> Jesus with with this already ready-made family. Now, you know, I don't know if this is, um, you know, something that your listeners really want to hear all this back and forth kind of thing. But but he could be a cousin there. But you go through scripture and it's clear that James was very close to Jesus. And that's the whole point for me in my book is I write about him as being a living link. I don't want to get in all this biological, you know, and all, all the, how do you know? Because also what really prompted the book too was an ossuary. And I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but it's a little box of bones that was found in the first, that was found in uh, Jerusalem during, and, and, and they did date it to the first century on the box. It said, James, brother of Jesus, son of Joseph. So true or false? Well, <laughs> it was like four, five, six years of uh, legal uh, till till they finally threw it out and said it was a forgery, the the actual writing. But but the dating of the box was all this is a way of saying James became kind of a rock star uh, at the turn of the century. Uh, and, and, and again, it, it was uh like you remember uh, Dan, Daniel, Dan Brown and the yes, um, the Da Vinci Code, the Da Vinci Code. It was this kind of stuff that caught on. And so, you know, it really, in many respects, began to weave a different narrative uh, for the church that I don't really want to get into. Or, and I, I would throw out except to say that here again, there was all of a sudden this interest in James that was fascinating for people which got them at least to go back and read the letter. What we all find in the letter, and if, if I'm talking too long, just give me a, you oh, know, that's fine. <laughs> a sign. Okay. <laughs> but because you push the button, but what, what they find is when they find this letter, they find the similarities to Jesus. Some scholars would say it's not very Christocentric or it's not, it, he doesn't use the word Jesus enough. It's not all about, but you look at those phrases that come out of James and it's out of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you know, there's so many so many uh, comparisons that can be made, 50, 60 some comparisons of verses between James and Jesus, that he was a right hand man to Jesus, a link to the living Lord. And here's the one that really blows my mind. Scholars are now saying back to your first comment about this letter is that it's very possibly written in the early 40s. Yeah. Which AD, would. Yeah. Which would, again, push it almost, if not, well, it does push it before Paul's letters. So there are any kind of controversies you want to draw between Paul and James and all that kind of stuff. This was pre-Paul. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. It's a, it's a very, very exciting kind of study once you get into it. And, I, and I, I'm not, I didn't take readers nearly through what <laughs> you and I are talking oh, yeah. about, but, yeah. but you started it, Jerry. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it neat that that's where we just you know, kick this whole conversation off uh, because where I plan to have this episode air, by the way, uh, folks will have listened to an interview I did with a guy named Tim Shurer, who used to work with a guy named Donald Miller with story. Oh, Brand. Oh, oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, his book is about, um, you know, the secret society of success where a lot of the folks that, you know, help drive success are really 
folks in the background, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that are really driving it and building the structure, building the teams and so on. And so, you know, it, he talked a lot about getting out of the spotlight. And here's a guy in the Bible thousands of years prior to Jim Shurer who did just that possibly. Yes, that, yes. you know, it, it sounds like James took leadership. He kept a low profile uh, for whatever reason. And he really essentially built the church, yes. it sounds like. And that yes. is just, that says so much about leadership on so many levels that it's not about us. It's not about the spotlight on us. And I think in today's culture, we strive for that so much, you know, be a social media influencer. <laughs> uh, why? I don't know. Cause I want to be famous. Why? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, and the real like, you know, meaningfulness of life is, can you build other people up? Can you build your children up? And uh, I just love that we've already touched on that or, you know, at least kicked that off in my brain. Hopefully it's kicked it sure. off in other people's brains. Uh, so that in essence is you know, James, you know, we're, we're, I think essentially just summing him up as a brother or somebody very close to Jesus. And uh, so from there, you know, there's some key lessons in your book about uh, how we can grow as uh, Christians and uh, impact the world in a different way. And I, I remember one of the things that you said uh, in the, you know, the pre-interview communication that we've had is you really wanted to talk about being doers of the word. And, yes. and for those of you, if that's a new term, we're talking about the Bible, you know, the word of God, um, you know, being doers of it, not just, you know, consuming it. Uh, why is it important to, to make that distinction? Like, what is it that folks tend to do with the word uh, that, you know, makes that comment necessary? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. There's so many words <laughs> that are out there now <laughs> and um, not all good. Yes. <laughs> so Correct. there's that There's that side, <laughs> Jerry. And then two, um, with that, there's so much information. Um, how do I want to say this? Uh, this in, in, in particular, and I'm please hear this is not knocking it, but this is an old man talking about this next generation, mm -hmm. this generation Z. Um, they have all this information um, in the palm of their hand. You know, my days, I used to have to go to a library <laughs> and I had to open books <laughs> and check them out. <laughs> and three weeks later, write a paper or something. Yes. Now, boom. You know, <laughs> right. Well, I'm talking more about myself, but, but here again, back to this next generation, there's a lot of information that they have in the palm of their hands. Any answer to any question they have, they'll get. Now, whether, whether or not it's the right answer or it's a correct answer, and this is where I'm going with the word, too, is um, it's not only there are a lot of words out there, but not all the words are good. And then, two, um, formation. We, maybe we get a lot of information, but the word we're talking about forms us. It's a formation, a word of formation, which I think is very powerful, uh, especially 
um, oh my goodness, for this, for all of us, but this next generation that's coming out of COVID, um, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> yes. No, but in yes, all seriousness, mean, that's yeah. all they say. Uh, that's what they're looking forward to. Uh, and, I, and I hear, I, I hear this is generalizing and not, not criticizing is, but you know, thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Cause work is meaningless. You know um, I'm just trying to get paid. I'm just trying to get this done and I got to get rid of this and get onto that. And I can't wait to just go out and rock and roll and party, you know, <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> so here again, we need to thank God for the word that has been given to us. Okay, so now, what's the word? Well, you know, it's Jesus. <laughs> In the beginning was the word. <laughs> so th there again, this is what might be considered, and, and this has to do with the word logos, uh, which is that philosophical term out of which we get logic, in a, a logical way of living life. Doing the word is doing what's logical and what needs to be done. All right, so now you're seeing how I'm connecting all these dots. And, and I can go further and be more specific with you as, as we progress in the interview. But I, but I hope that gives you an overview of, of just that importance. Once we tap into doing the word, well, well can you be more specific? Yeah, it's Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, what does it mean to you know, do what Jesus calls us to do? Well, here we go. That's the calling. That's the story. That's James. And by the way, and I'll, I'll put a comma or a period at the end of the sentence. <laughs> so, but James developed. James grew through the scripture. Um, James changed. He was transformed, obviously, by the power of the resurrection. But throughout his life with Jesus, you can see, and, and I identify some of those points in the, in the book, but, but that too needs to be taken into consideration um, as this development of our life um, grows and changes and transforms in this living word. Yes. Yes. And I, I wanted to touch on that because... I mean, I've probably been a Christian since 2005. My wife and I debate it. You know, did, did I receive Christ in 05 or 06? <laughs> it's somewhere in that window. We know how, how much of a stubborn guy I was. Uh, you know, you know we, we might claim it was really from 2003 to 2006, somewhere in that yeah. window I became yeah. a Christian, and it was a gradual thing, a series of events. Uh, but since I've been a Christian, one of the things that I hear a lot of uh, when folks you know complain about their church or they complain about um, a group of Christians is, uh, well, I'm just not getting fed there. Yeah, and yeah. to them, I think the point they're trying to make is that maturity, spiritual maturity is all about, can I listen to a sermon that wows me and entertains mm -hmm. me and gives me more information? Um, but then you look at the person's fruit of their life or their actions and there aren't a lot of actions like they go to church on Sunday. They want yeah. to be spoon fed some information. And yes. then as soon as they leave the church parking lot or the church building. So from the parking lot until the next time they're back at church, they go on to just be in the regular jerk cells. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. real transformation, yeah. uh, no changing of other people's lives, nothing. And so when I hear doers of the word and you say Jesus is the word, you know, we're talking about being in the likeness of Jesus around others, for others, to others. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I think that's, that's just huge. And, um, you know, there's even that scripture that says it's, it's faith and works it's together. Yes. And, um, you know, when I, when I read about that in your book, uh, you know, that we got to be doers and, and seeing it in your emails, um, you know, for, for a lot of people out there in the world, 
we might be the only Jesus they they see until mm-hmm. they become followers. We might be the only Bible they see yes. uh, until they themselves have decided yay or nay. And that's Which huge. is a great responsibility. Huge. Um, that, again, <laughs> and I'm not just plugging a book here, but that, again, is the focus, really, of my attention, not only is on this next generation, Gen Z, whatever you want to call it, but um, the need for mentors. You, know, you mentioned sermons, and, you know, I preached for 40 years. Um, does anyone remember what I said? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, so what does that tell you? Uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, what does, I think, make an impact and what does change lives are the one-on-one conversations and really the um, relationships that are formed within the church. Um, there are people that can be trusted in the church that are mature, <laughs> that that do have, again, like you were saying earlier, um, wisdom. And that really is what this next generation craves. They may not articulate it or say that, but tell me what you know. Tell me how you did it. What What's your story? You know, th- this kind of thing. They really are interested. It's not like they're just throwing us out <clears throat> as much as they really do want to engage in this discussion. So one aspect I think, again, of the feed me, feed me, feed me sort of thing. And by the way, don't forget Peter um, in the post-resurrection scene with Jesus on the beach. What did Jesus say to him? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Do you know what came next? Feed my sheep. (laughs) Feed my sheep, baby. (laughs) There you go. And by the way, that's that's one of the things, too, is is people would tell me I look so holy or I'm, I'm being a priest or standing behind an altar. Do I represent Jesus and, and so on and so forth, which, no, <laughs> I don't. I represent Peter. I'm there to feed the sheep. That's the name of the, you know, what I'm up. So, well, with that said, mentoring, mentoring, mentoring. And I think often starting with a conversation. And, it, and it's that's hard to say starting, but opening the conversation might be better about God. Um, can you tell me about your faith? Uh, where are, I mean, here you were, Jerry, uh, what, 15 years ago. So so w- what was going on? What and I'm, and I'm not interviewing you, yeah. but, but, you know, to begin this kind of. <laughs> I almost begin started answering, kind of, though. <laughs> yeah, right, you're ready to start talking. <laughs> but begin this conversation because it's it's powerful. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh... Yeah, it's so important. You know, we're yeah. we're so used to, especially on social media. It's it's a lot of little bites. You know, it's a yeah. little sentence here. It's a it's a meme there. And yes, uh, when you read the comments, there's no real dialogue happening. It's me just spitting out more of what I already believe. And if I see you say something contrary, I just regurgitate my own talking points again. And uh, it's very rare <laughs> you see somebody actually take yeah. that in, give it some thought, let it change their lives. That is rare. What you wind up seeing are like echo chambers where people just get more entrenched in their beliefs, right or wrong. And you know, wisdom, though, takes that step back and says, well, what is this in the context of everything else? And I think with like COVID-19, the, the pandemic over the last two years, I think if there was any one statement I heard more than anything, you know, people are going to think, oh, it's going to be about masks. Nothing about masks. The most <laughs> <laughs> the most common thing I heard over the last two and a half years uh, or two years was, I don't know what to believe. There's so much information out there. Yes. I yes. don't know what's true. 
Yes. And I would tell folks about critical media literacy, how you take all that information and you sift through it. You know, what is reliable information? How do you define reliable information? Yeah. Uh, what are reliable sources? Uh, how do you dig deeper, like for the statement behind the statement or the data behind the statement? How do you, how do you do that meta search type of stuff? Yes. And, you know, that in essence is like a perfect analogy for everything. That, yes. that you're talking about, that it's not just the pandemic information people are being overwhelmed with. They're being overwhelmed with, you know, who is God? Uh, yes. What is, you know, is there a God? Is there a God? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You know, is this really what Christians believe? You know, they're talking about this, this and this when it doesn't sound aligned with Jesus. And, uh, you know, what about this war going on in Ukraine? And, uh, and, you know, just like, I don't know what to believe. And yeah. and I think wisdom helps you take that step back put things in the context of Jesus. And then you're like, Oh, this is what I need to do to impact the world around me. And, uh, and then once you, I think, and I think this is where you've been getting at with your book in a sense is I think once you start to get there and start to form that within yourself, yes, you now are ready to mentor others. Uh, and so it's kind of a rough paraphrase. So I mean, how, how would I prepare myself or how would, you know, say Scott over there in Corpus Christi prepare himself? I mean, he's already mentoring others, but if you were to start over, Scott, you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Scott, do I? <laughs> no, you don't, uh, but I do. And uh, yeah, he's in Christian Podcasters Association. He's a good friend of mine. Okay. He's uh, a good so, guy. Yeah, okay. he is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, how do we prepare ourselves to be a mentor to others? I think is, okay. Yeah. Well, just um, and if we can use That's, Scott as an example, yes. come on, Scott. <laughs> I don't know Scott, but but you know, you can say, oh, Scott's a great guy. He's one of us. Well, and then you get into that tribal stuff, you know, and and you only work with people like you. And I think again, being a mentor to be able to match yourself or or again be open uh, to those that may have. <laughs> different hair, different uh, <laughs> tattoos, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into all this stuff, but, but you know, that don't look like you put it that way. Thank God. You know, they don't look, but here again, as we start to, they're unique and to recognize that uniqueness, I think is, is again, part of the, uh, the focus that, that comes with being mentor is on identity and helping this generation claim their identity in Christ. Um, which is different than how many followers do you have in, you know, Facebook or on social media or whatever else. So with that said, um, and, and I'm not getting political, Jerry, <laughs> but <laughs> here we go. Uh, no, when you talk about, well, we can't talk about dis. you know, there's a new department of disinformation oh, yeah. that's being formed. <laughs> yeah. yeah I heard about so, that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so are you seriously? Well, how, you know, so, and that's back to your question of trust and truth. And, and, you know, I often associate, I, I don't uh, interrelate necessarily, but trust and, and, and faith um, are walk hand in hand. How, how many People have I met who said, I will never trust that person again. I've lost faith in them, you know, is the next sentence. And so here again, you, you that's a back to you, a huge word that you use when we start to talk about that and to develop that trust with a mentor, again, uh, is a sacred responsibility. And with that said, um, where I was going to tap into a little politics was um, 
uh, this next generation, and you've probably seen a million of the, the demographics that have come out as well. I, I use Barna research for so much of mine, but uh, you've, you've heard of the expression, the nuns. It, it's not a religious order. The nuns are those who circle none of the above. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when asked, are they Christian, Jewish, Islam, you know, Muslim, Buddhist, you know, whatever, none, none of the above. Media loves this. I mean, they go crazy. They see no one believes in any of this stuff anymore. You know, it's all about science and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, trust me, science has limits too. But, but here again, where I'm going with this um, is um, it's a cry for help. It's a cry for help when they say none of the above, because then what do they believe in? And this is the, the political dimension. <laughs> go to Russia, go to a communist country. I, I've been to East, Ber- East Berlin, East Germany. Compare that to West. Uh, one's dark, one's light, one's alive, one's dead. Uh, 30 years later after that relationship, because when you are a communist, you circle none of the above. Yeah. OK, how's that? <laughs> I mean, this is serious. This yeah. is real stuff, yeah. though. I mean, I, I think it's really that important to be able to say, wait a second. <laughs> you yeah. know, I believe in God and here's why. Yeah, I was one of the guys that circled none of the above for a long time. Oh, and, great, Jerry. Um, you know, it's, yeah, <laughs> I was one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, We're not going to talk anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, oddly enough, though, um, it was a fellow. So I was in the army. I was uh, part of the invasion into Iraq. Oh, there you go. Um, and you were talking about like, you know, controlling information. And, uh, you know, I was surprised at how many people we met in Baghdad who were like, what are you guys doing here? I mean, didn't you learn your lesson when we defeated you in 1991? And we're like, yeah, yeah. Ah, y'all did not win that. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. stopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, there's, there's a highway out there. And, and so that was like a big shock. Like, uh, you know, we limit ourselves and in, into the information that is being spoon fed to us. You know, how do you find somebody who helps you discern like, Oh, this is true. This is not. Um, yes. and you know, so that was one thing that you just made me think of. But the other one is, yeah. Well, I discernment. Mean, discernment yes. is such an important yeah. word. Go ahead. I'm interrupting and, you. No, no, Go that's on. fine. Because uh, you keep me on track. So, okay. um, <laughs> and, and the other thing was, you know, what opened my eyes to the possibility of accepting Jesus was while in Baghdad, uh, there was a fellow soldier who uh, I assume is a Christian because I remember when I got mad at him, he had a Christian, like a mm-hmm. gold chain and a Christian cross kind of hanging out while he was calling out my behavior. Uh-huh. Uh, but like looking back now that I know what I know and I look back to that moment, it's like this guy was being obedient and doing the word of God. You know, yes. he had it on his heart. Go talk to that man over there. He outranks you, but he's clearly doing the wrong thing. And you just ask him. Yeah. Sergeant, yeah. what are you doing? That's all he asked. Sergeant, mm-hmm. what are you doing? What's up with what's going on here? And that's all he asked. He asked it two or three times. I gave a cruddy answer all three times (laughs) and he (laughs) yeah and he just kind of resigned to it and he walked away and i thought that was him caving to my rank but again knowing what i know he it was not him resigning to me like if it was his choice i think he would have just like let me have it and taken the you know the trouble that would have come uh but he kind of resigned it to to jesus at that point like you know hey i came i said the thing it's in your hands. And he, and he kind of walked away. He didn't say those words, but it was all in his face. And I, I know it's there because now I know what he was probably thinking at the time he did that. And um, that conviction to go and do what sure. was 
you know, what Jesus would have done. And yeah, yeah. that is huge to me. And, and that, that takes a lot of courage. Um, it does. You know, it's like you're standing up against the norms in, in this particular case, the norms of war. And you're standing up against that in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, it's the person who says, you know, we're going to treat strippers with dignity and respect and treat yeah. them as humans um, by talking to them as people uh, and and not partake of their business and uh, not, you know, I think the thing that annoys me the most is when I see a dad at a swimming pool with his kids and he's mm. wearing a T-shirt that says, I support single moms and it's a silhouette of a woman on a stripper pole. Uh, I'm like, you think I've not seen that t-shirt. Oh, you have not. Oh, it is, it is out okay. there. That's okay. Jerry. <laughs> come to South Texas. You'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, Oh, come on. No. Um, and you know, this guy's just wearing the shirt to him. It's funny. It's bold. Yeah. And he's got two daughters running around uh, in front of him. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, the, the single mom he's making fun of and the comment he's making is somebody else's daughter. And uh, um, it, it doesn't extend, you know, the love of Christ. It doesn't do the word no, in doesn't. a sense. And uh, so it's like that kind of stuff that just, you know, when you see it in the world, you're just like, oh, okay. That's not me. Yeah. Yeah, that's not me. And and two, I think to your point is, as you're going through this, I can't help but think, when you said the stripper, I thought, what? <laughs> but, but at the same time, we're not prudes. And a mentor is capable of, again, meeting with people that aren't like us. I mean, they're different from us for wide sort of sort of uh, reasons. But also, you know, the spiritual life uh, here back again to this next generation, they will say they're spiritual, but not religious. And I say, oh, that's lovely, you know, and then I say, can I be both? Can I be? Is it OK with you if I'm both spiritual and religious? Because when you talk about being spiritual, tell me about your spiritual life. What, what spirit do you believe in? Uh, let's let's describe. And, and so and I don't want to keep using the stripper as an example, but but, you know, she's battling spirits. There's a lot of spirits in her life. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if she met the Holy Spirit? that relates and unites her to the will of God, much like you're saying the uh, in your military discussion. Um, and, and we can talk about my son as well, who flew those uh, CH-42. You remember the uh, double rotor? He was with Marines. Yeah. And did a lot of medical relief and, and had four tours in Iraq. And that's a whole nother story, Jerry, that I'm going to get off. On, we can get off on. But, but what that did too, uh, again, is really not just test my wife and our faith because um, I, I, I'll let my son tell his own story, you know, but but um, it, it provided for us again, back to trust um, and placing everything in God's hands. It's golly, your own kids. And, and they're always your kids, Jerry. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they never. I'm, OK, so I'm getting off subject here. but <laughs> That's OK. All right. You got me started again. <laughs> teamwork yeah <laughs> two two guys with adhd hey yeah, right <laughs> have i shown you this painting on my yeah. wall <laughs> but well yeah. but here again what what that taught me too and at the same time i was uh, with a, a you'll appreciate this as long as we're talking military with uh i was in a small group of spiritual directors and one of the guys is ordained minister but he had been an air force pilot and i was telling him how um difficult it is to surrender. I don't get it. 
to surrender to Jesus or to, I mean, just to surrender. I don't, I don't, that's not in my MO, you know? And he said, he looked at me and he said, you know, you're right. He said, boys, back to your guy with the t-shirt, boys, we're not trained to surrender. We don't give up, you know, losers uh, never win and winners never lose, you know, quitters never, you know, all that stuff. Exactly. We didn't surrender. Okay. He said, here's the deal, Robin. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll never forget. He looked at me. He said, when I was a pilot, he said, we were told never to surrender to the enemy. You'd rather shoot yourself than surrender to the enemy. You know, okay, I get that. He said, however, <laughs> we're talking about God. God is the source of love. It's okay to surrender to the source of love. Try it. <laughs> Turn your life over. Let go. You know, that, that let go and let God, I didn't get that part. And now I do. Uh, you know, that was that was my mentor 20, 30 years ago. You know, I went, oh, I see, you know, the big pivot kind of thing. Yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jesus hits us with all kinds of dichotomies that seem like polar opposites. Yeah. But it's like to get here, you have to embrace this other thing. Yeah. And don't worry, I've got you. And it's like if you want to be strong, you really got to be weak. If yeah. you want to be smart, you got to admit that you're not. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, if you want to be powerful, you got to give it up and yeah. not worry about that power in the first place. And it's like it's it's weird. And I've seen it even as a leader, uh, like I lead best when I let go of the authority and share it with the team. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's counterintuitive. I get flack from others sure. all the time about it. Like, no, you got to be in there. You got to rule. And I'm like, and they don't say it in those exact words, but it's like, no, I know. It's like, no, I think I'm leading them by letting them lead. Yeah. And they're like, that makes no sense. And I'm like, well, that's, that's how they own the mission. Yeah. And, um, and Jesus, does that essentially, you know, the, the disciples get sent two by two, you know, Peter's yeah. told feed my sheep. Uh, James at some point picks up the mantle and just quietly oh, works in the background. And, yeah. um, you know, he didn't empower, empower. Yeah. Yes. They're empowered. Yeah. By, again, the empowered. Power of the yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Uh, so we, we talked about, you know, James, we talked about being doers of the word, the, the importance of part of our faith journey, is preparing ourselves to become mentors uh, and then mentoring others. And, and we've talked about some of the key things around there, like, um, you know, being humble, um, you know, opening ourselves up, gaining wisdom from others, uh, serving others. And then most importantly, you know, going out to those who are different from ourselves, you know, outside mm-hmm. that tribe in a sense. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to share with folks uh, before we wrap it up? Like, what's a, what's a good final word of wisdom in a sense? And uh, where can people find the the book? Well, sure. Um, first of all, I don't want to wrap it up, Jerry. I just I want know, to keep talking keep with going. you. This is a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it going. No, <laughs> but but I think um, when we're talking about uh, mentors, again, it is a gift uh, that you're offering. And with that, as I said earlier, comes this gift of identity in Christ that young people certainly are looking for. Um, because I doubt seriously if anyone has, you know, growing up, so many of them, we were told, um, you know, there's certain things you don't talk about. You don't talk about politics. You don't edit at a polite dinner table, politics or sex or strippers or yeah. <laughs> those kinds of things. <laughs> That's now all people talk about. But also you never talk about God or religion. And they're still not talking about God or religion. It's, it's a big silence. And, um, you know, how to bring that conversation up, I think, is, is, again, sort of the name of the game of the mentor to allow that 
conversation to be not only respected, but to go in places. Um, I know I started the ministry a long, long time ago in a place far, far away, <laughs> Jerry, but I was working in an Episcopal boys home and the chaplain and I would, and, and by the way, it was for kids that were emotionally disturbed. Um, and I had the seventh and eighth grade boys who were all bigger than me. And every oh, day yeah. we got in a, there was a fight, yeah. a fist fight. And I hadn't been in a fist fight since I was in third grade, you know? So <laughs> all this is a way of saying it was a tough, rough time. And these kids were from difficult sides. It was Chicago. And I was a, you know, a little white kid from the suburban North side. And I'd come in, hi guys, how are we doing today? You know, <laughs> who wants a bowl of cereal, you know, and they throw <laughs> it in my face. Yeah. So with that said, um, in talking with the chaplain, he said to me, all he said to me that, you know, like, like you were saying again about your um, encounter with, was, it wasn't your superior, but. Um, no, it was a subordinate um, from another a unit. Subordinate. So, yeah. 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 But in that encounter, the chaplain said to me, he said, you know, Robin, he said, you're asking a lot of good questions. I said, really? He said, another question. Really? <laughs> he said, yeah. And he said, have you ever thought of going to seminary? Wow. And I was like 23, 24 years old and obviously in love with my little girlfriend who became my wife. You know. But I said to her, I said, what do you think if we go to I go to seminary? And she said, well, you know, I thought maybe we might go to church, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But but here again, it started with this conversation. And by the way, the word conversation is is you got to be careful because in with embedded within that word conversation is conversion. Mm, yeah. You get it? Yes. So watch these conversations <laughs> and where they go and watch these podcasts where they go. Because right. I don't know what's going to be embedded in this one. But but anyways, <laughs> with that said, with the conversation, um, you begin to talk about God and their spiritual life, their faith, where it began, where it ended, what it looks like. And then from there, you can certainly begin to tap into some of the gifts, much like you were talking about their strengths, their competencies, when we talk about leadership, those kinds of things, that's really all important, as well as their passion. You know what's in there. Believe it or not, and this is back to Barnum, is, uh, and I can't remember the percentage now, our burnout, this next generation is burnout. <laughs> Jerry, I didn't even light a match at that yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are already burnt out. They haven't even started you know? yet and they're burnt I out. Haven't yeah. start, no, but you want to say, come on. But, but, you know, here again, with respect to the importance of, of, and you've heard this many times, finding your passion. And this is where, again, God sparks that through the power and the energy and the light of the Holy Spirit. And, and as that spiritual conversation develops, I think it, again, allows us um, to connect with other Christians, with the church, and in a way that is a natural bridge that the mentor can provide. And, and that's, that's where all this, I think, really does take us, um, you know, to, to, again, not just a book, but, but to a way of life that Jesus calls abundant. Exactly. Yes. And, and I know your book provides a, in the very beginning, it, it provides a framework for folks to walk through, sure. uh, you know, a couple of things. One, how do I, uh, I think it's more towards the back of the book, like, how do I approach my pastor and talk about being a mentor to others, uh, and then a mentoring agreement between you and a mentee. Like, yeah. hey, this is what yeah. I will provide. 
what are you committing to this? And we're not yeah. talking like, you know, for 50 bucks a session, I will commit no. to it. It's like, no, it's, it's really like that, that. I'll, bu- I'll buy behavior. you coffee. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you're good. <laughs> uh, like you talk about, you know, committing to openness and sharing what I'm going through, what I really need to go through or, or address. And, and so the, there are tools inside the book is what I'm trying to say to folks. Sure. Um, and so you definitely want to get it. It's on, I know I got a copy of it off of Amazon um, and it's a letter to the church and the next generation. So if you're, if you're a man with a pulse and you're breathing, you're twenties <laughs> and above and you believe in Jesus Christ, you got to get this book. You got to read through it. Pay attention to at the end of every chapter as well. That's where he sums up the points, but also provides those practical tools. Um, now you have a resource that you, you wanted to, to be able to share. It's the oh, thanks, four Jerry. week reflection journal or reflection, a guided reflection. Uh, where can folks find that? Sure. Jerry, thank you for saying that. <clears throat> it's Robin, Robin, R-O-B-I-N-T, uh, as in Tom Jennings, J-E-N-N-I-N-G-S.com. Then there's a slash guided reflection. And the guided reflection really is just that it's a, it's a little journal, but it, it gives you thought thoughts uh, around this, these various subjects of vision, renewal, uh, bearing witness, doing the word, and then certainly becoming a mentor. And so all of that's kind of packed into it. But by the way, it's for your listeners only. It's free. Yes. <laughs> you can get this download. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I call it to your attention because, again, it's a discipline that mentors really need as they start to go through this process because, you know, it is a 52-card pickup. You know, you don't know what you're getting into. It's throwing spaghetti against a wall. You know, what's going to stick? <laughs> you know, where's this conversation going? Did I really say anything? <laughs> yeah, all of that and more, uh, I think, literally feeds into it, but into the the reflection journal so that you, that you begin to start to say, darn, I wish I said that or I wish is that. Then you jot it down so you remember it next week, you know, the next time you meet. Yes. Awesome. Robin, if I didn't have a dog that needs to be walked and a wife who will probably want some good breakfast tacos, I would be here all day with you. Uh, It's been great to have you on this show and I'm excited and I'm glad I got to meet you. Likewise. Okay, Jerry, I'm off to the races, so I'll let you know who wins. Awesome. (laughs) Now, I hope you found a lot of value in this conversation just like I did. And if you want to know more about Robin, how to get a hold of him, Go to beyondtherut.com slash 321. There you'll find a link to his website, the show notes for this episode, the transcript for this episode, and more. Uh, now, the other thing you could do for Beyond the Rut is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. So however you're listening right now, hit the share button and send it to somebody you know you think will appreciate what we talked about. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week. I look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.